0: What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, the episode you've been waiting for. It's episode 603, as it turns out. Yes, Microsoft has defeated the FTC in court. We're going to talk a lot about that on this week's show. It is July 12th, 2023. As we record this, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you in San Francisco here at IGN Studio. And joined this week by Destin Legarry. Hello, my friend.
3: Hey, everybody. I forgot it last week. Got to get it in.
0: Got to get, you've got uh, chances to, <laughs> it's like a gavel this week. You, you're ruling in favor of Microsoft with your, with your BAM gavel. Uh, Taylor right. Lyles, tech expert from IGN's news team, who's been following this case closely as well. Good to see you.
1: Good to see you, Ryan. I know the last few times I've been on Unlocked, you have been MIA. So I'm glad we're doing another <laughs> episode. <laughs>
0: yeah, works out great. Uh, works out great this week. Uh, Miranda could not be here, unfortunately. So just as a quick little announcement, Miranda, it is she's been talking in recent episodes about how insane it's been with her work on the IGN Guides team, the game help stuff that so many of us use. Uh, for all these big games coming out this year. She is uh, unfortunately got to take a, a break from unlocked for probably a few months because they're just there's too much work. There, these games are too big. so uh, if you want to blame somebody, blame the game makers that bring us that are bringing us these awesome games. But no, it's okay. We're gonna bring fo- uh, bring folks like Taylor in. Uh, we'll have plenty of guests rotating in through as we like to do here and we'll be here with you uh, every week, although next week, is San Diego Comic-Con due to a production bandwidth issue. We won't be on video with you next week. And in fact, there's nobody even available to help us. So Destin, I thought we would do the show on Twitter Spaces next week. We'll just do it at the time we usually record it. And we'll just do Unlocked. It'll be like pirate style, renegade style.
2: Sure. (laughs) Do I? <laughs> Sound, i'm
0: glad you're so enthusiastic um so yeah if you're not already following Destin on twitter myself on twitter please do so and we're going to aim i'll tweet it out but we're going to aim for 11 a.m uh next wednesday which will be the 19th of july um i want to start real quick Destin. Uh, throw into you here you okay. were a, a, a one of many many folks that worked really hard to put together i watched it it turned out so great an ID at Xbox showcase that, that we put together presented by IGN. Yeah. Uh, And I watched, there were a lot of, there there were some games that caught my eye and I'll talk about those in a second, but I just want to go to you for a quick recap and maybe some of your two or three of your favorites from this week's ID at Xbox showcase here on IGN.
3: You're putting me on the spot. But uh, yeah, so this was a partnership with Xbox, and we were able to handle the production of the ID of Xbox Showcase. I love indie games. Uh, they always hold a special place in my heart, so this was really awesome to be able to uh, executive produce. Uh, I already sent internally, like, so many thank yous. That it's not just, like one or two people that put these things on it's it's a whole lot of people end up touching the assets or helping with it so thank you to anybody on the production team on the ign side or on the xbox side who helped make it happen now as for the games that i really that really jumped out at me one of the games that i really enjoyed was worldless i really like the art direction Uh, i believe it's made by a small indie development team in barcelona so they work remotely, but it's a really small team and what they're putting together is really, really cool looking. One that grew on me, the more that I saw gameplay of it, and I actually had to play some of it for myself, uh, was this one. And basically it's a, a it's a game where you sort of have turn-based combat. You kind of have a countdown timer and you can counter attacks and you build up your swath of abilities. It's really interesting. In addition to that, there was also Mythforce. Mythforce is a roguelike where you're able to go into dungeons and and get power-ups and things like that. Really enjoyed getting the play through that on the production side to sort of have a better understanding of the games that um uh not the games, the <laughs> On the production side you have to play the games ahead of time so that you have a better understanding of what to do for production right so getting to play this and experience it is really neat and i made it the opener of the show but i'm blanking on the name of it so monolith Requiem of the ancients was one that really impressed me so i put it as the opener for the show i really like the the design of it it's it's sort of like a zelda game but with like a lot of combat like that's the vibe that i'm giving getting from it but uh that was the reveal trailer i really enjoyed the design aesthetic of it there have been a lot of these smaller games from like the omno team that created an idea at xbox game not that long ago but uh yeah this one just looks really really interesting to me and i i can't wait to learn more about it but those were my picks i don't know if you meant for me to go that long ryan it's okay but uh there were was a lot a lo- of cool games yeah it was a lot of work there's about 20 something games that we revealed or revealed that were coming to Xbox so um, definitely check out the trailers at least or the, the roundup montage video we did or the collection article I believe Taylor you did that didn't you?
1: I did
0: yeah yeah I wanted to go to Taylor just get her a quick few picks on on the standouts from this thing
1: Yes, yeah, so I really liked Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I played a little bit of Dead by Daylight, and I was kind of bummed that I didn't really have a chance to play a lot of Friday the 13th before that kind of shut down. I mean, I know it's still kind of going, but it's, its its support is fleeting as we speak. So that was pretty exciting that we're getting Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Although Dead by Daylight's still a good game, but you know it's good to have options in, in different genres and things like that. And also, I really liked Stray Souls. Ryan, you did yeah. a, like a preview of it uh, like a f- couple months ago, and <laughs> I loved your preview. I remember the developer had also DM'd me on Twitter like in 2021. They had like did a soft announcement for it like on Steam, and just learning more about this game. The fact that we have like a release window, I was like, yes, I love horror games. Let me play this game. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to learn more about it.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, uh, you you both have mentioned a couple of mine, but the highlights for me are very, I think it, Destin it might have been the second game uh, in the showcase was a new Hellboy game that had a really neat art style to yeah. it. Uh, that looked awesome. You already mentioned Myth Force, but the you didn't mention at least the, the key detail that, that was the real draw for me. It literally looks like a 1980s Saturday morning cartoon. Like it would air back to back yeah. with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So there, there's
3: that, He-Man nods in the gameplay too, like yeah. with some of the narration. It's very early, but I'm, I, it seems like it has a lot of potential.
0: Yeah. So I love that. That just, I mean, I'm a child of the 80s. So that that uh, hit, the, hit the nostalgic point for me. And then... Uh, Taylor, you mentioned it. I-, I had a chance to play a- actually a while ago. So now it's who knows how much better it is. It's going to be way more polished. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre was super fun over a year ago when I previewed it. And that that preview blew up. It did l- over a million views on IGN's YouTube. So clearly there's a lot of that kind of dead by daylight type interest in it. And it was really fun. That And that, that game's coming out it's 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 almost the poor that poor game for as, i mean granted a million views is nothing to sneeze at but it's it's not the biggest name of what's coming out in august and september but yeah that's that's coming right up and i believe correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure that one's launching into game pass i think that was part of the part of the uh, an, an end of the trailer there it mentioned that so i'd have to check my notes but
1: yeah. I believe it did. I think I, had, I mentioned it in the roundup, and I'm pretty yeah. sure it, it said that it was going to be day one on Game Pass. So I was like, wow, even more but, reason for me to play it. The yeah.
3: challenge is what's coming to Xbox versus what's coming to Game Pass. Because like Axiom Verge 2 was announced for xbox but i don't believe it was announced for game pass so like that distinction we tried to address with the the intro slides yep so like just uh, peeking behind the curtain a little bit yeah i was like trying to illustrate okay this one's just xbox this one's game pass you know
0: so yeah if you if you missed it again check out taylor's roundup article or you can just go back and watch the the stream on ign or ign's youtube channel uh, or do both yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both. There was a ton of great stuff. A lot of uh, great indie games on the way for Xbox. Kind of across the board, like like you're saying, Destin, some really like smaller scale, t- tiny team projects up to, like we had what, Space 2 was in there as well, which looks, I mean, yeah. you know, looks like a much kind of higher higher budget pr- kind of game. So it, it's, it uh, runs the gamut of what's, what's going on with ID at Xbox these days.
3: For
2: sure.
0: All right. You've all been waiting uh, for our talk on the big news of the week. First of all, thank you to the gaming gods, or really just just uh, Judge uh, Corley. Is that her name? Yeah. Thank you. I'm Jacqueline Scott Corley. And it's, just,
3: it's not over yet.
0: <laughs> I know it's not over yet, but um, <laughs> yeah. big step. And yeah, just so glad that uh, I'm not thanking her for the verdict. I'm thanking her for announcing it. Before we recorded the show, (laughs) (laughs) so many people were tweeting that at me because we all know it's just it's it's classic with this podcast where there's always something big that pops after we've recorded. So we were on the we were on the good end of it this uh, this time. so, yeah, we'll talk FTC here momentarily. But first, the, that I mentioned at the top that we'll do Twitter spaces in lieu of a proper podcast next week. Because of San Diego Comic-Con, all of our production resources are being aimed at that. So uh, IGN will be at San Diego Comic-Con 2023 celebrating the biggest pop culture event once again. Uh, we'll have full coverage for you on IGN, all of IGN's channels, starting Wednesday, July 19th, running through Sunday July 23rd, live coverage. We'll be doing our our classic San Diego Comic-Con live show with celebrity guests, all kinds of stuff, starting on Friday, July 21st, and running through the next day, Saturday, July 22nd. And we'll have tons of exclusives, reveals, trailers, gameplay, interviews, show coverage from all your favorite shows, games, and more. So again, watch that wherever you get your IGN. Okay, the FTC, they have been defeated. In court by Microsoft here in San Francisco, coincidentally enough, this is where the trial took place. Uh, Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley has ruled in favor of Microsoft denying the FTC's preliminary injunction request. Quote from Judge, Judge Corley in the ruling, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision has been described as the largest in the tech in, in tech history. It deserves scrutiny. That scrutiny has paid off. Microsoft has committed in writing, in public, and in court to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for 10 years on parity with Xbox. It made an agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Switch, and it entered several agreements to, for the first time, bring Activision's content to several cloud gaming services. This court's responsibility in this case is narrow. It is to decide if... Notwithstanding these current circumstances, the merger should be halted, perhaps even terminated, pending resolution of the FTC administrative action. For for the reasons explained, the court finds the FTC has not shown a likelihood it will prevail on its claim. This particular vertical merger in this specific industry may substantially lessen competition. To the contrary, the record, uh, yes, the record evidence points to more consumer access to Call of Duty and other Activision content. The motion for a preliminary injunction is therefore denied. Uh, Destin, I'll start with you because you have been following this case much more closely and with more interest and intent than any of us. Well, Taylor's been pretty
3: pretty up on it. I don't want to take her that. I'm not
0: trying to take anything <laughs> but, yeah. away from Taylor, but you've been yeah. uh, you've been screaming about this thing on Unlocked and on okay, Twitter okay. for a yeah, long yeah. time.
3: Got it. So uh, the FTC had a bad case from the get-go, and the problem is that they continued to lean on the idea of Call of Duty going exclusive. Later on, they brought up Diablo, and if you read the full ruling, the judge actually points out that Diablo is not as significant as a title like Call of Duty is. The FTC repeatedly referred back to the testimony from Jim Ryan and about defending Sony and failed to come at it from a perspective of how it benefits the consumer. There's people out there who have done word counts about how many times they said Sony versus how many times they said consumer. And it's like, they said consumer four times, and they said Sony seventy-two times. It's it's just ridiculous. So, um, the whole the whole premise of their argument is well, PlayStation could lose Call of Duty, and there was at one point a chart made where the judges where the Beth Wilkinson actually said, okay, so currently Call of Duty is on Xbox uh, and PlayStation and PC, right? And after the merger, it will be on Xbox maybe PlayStation, if they can figure out the contract, PC, NVIDIA, Boosteroid, Ubisoft, Nintendo, and like, <laughs> it's like all the other platforms it would be too. So... Even with some of the dramatic internal documentation that came out, we saw the emails between Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer, where Jim Ryan is actively trying to leverage this block to get Bethesda games back on Sony. And honestly, that's a smart, smart business strategy. But we learned a lot about Sony strategies also. And the judge mentioned that in her ruling sony actively is blocking games from coming to game pass sony is actively participating in offering incentives to play call of duty on playstation and judge corley even pointed out that well they're probably upset because they're not going to be able to do that to Microsoft anymore now that Microsoft has this leverage. Well, they so, could
0: they could pay Microsoft if they really wanted to
1: I guess, right? <laughs> exactly. So
3: at at the end of the day, the FTC had a weak case. They relied too heavily on how this would harm Sony and only Sony and not how it would harm customers. I do think the FTC could have built a stronger case around how this would have overall affected the industry. They didn't. They focused on one competitor mainly, and they focused on cloud gaming a bit, and they had one testimony from one analyst, Dr. Lee, I believe was the name, and it was the, like the mathematics of his, his testimony was also flawed because the base for those mathematical calculations were weird. So through and through, it was a weak presentation on the FTC's front, and they deserved to lose the case because of that.
0: Strong words. But I don't disagree. Taylor, uh, the floor is yours. I know you've also been following this very closely. And uh, its it was quite the ruling.
1: It was. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting how a lot of the case focused a lot on Call of Duty. I mean, Activision Blizzard has a very big portfolio of games. So it's not just Call of Duty. Yeah, it's definitely the arguably... Activision Blizzard's most profitable IP. But the fact that the FTC was seemed to have hammered a lot on Call of Duty, I found was very... Odd considering that they were trying to say hey this is actually a bad deal and this is anti-competitive but yet they focus on this one game and or this IP then there was the whole situation where you know Microsoft had made these deals yeah they talked a little bit about cloud gaming but Microsoft has said that they're pr- gonna put it on more platforms when they buy it versus than the platforms that it's already on so if anything the argument that they made about it being anti-competitive was extremely weak especially when it came to the focus of Call of Duty they had a couple of other arguments i think they could have made to make a stronger case maybe they will if they appeal we don't know if they're going to appeal or not but i'm sure we're going to talk about that in a second but i think overall my biggest takeaway from just like watching that trial was that they were focusing so much on call of duty and i just felt like they weren't having a good leg to stand on if only because of all these deals and commitments that microsoft has made if they do buy this company it just it it just seemed like a uh, it just seemed like it was a dead on arrival argument
0: I completely agree with you. And, and in fact, uh, the, the big thing I want to just add on to what you, everything you just said is, I, to me, the great, again, I'm not a legal expert. I, you know, I we don't know sort of what, what went on behind the scenes in terms of the legal strategies that the lawyers had going on with Microsoft and that the other lawyers had going on with the FTC. But just from the perspective of where we sit as people who are really in tune with the game industry Microsoft was never going to make Call of Duty exclusive in this. It just never made financial sense ever. You know, they said it from day one. Yeah, with Bethesda, exactly. You're right, Destin. With Bethesda, yes, it makes more sense to do that. But with Call of Duty specifically being this unicorn, being this juggernaut, this this kind of literally one in a million game and one in a million franchise that has become the biggest selling game every single year except when the once or twice a decade when rockstar <laughs> releases a game it microsoft was never the the economics were never going to make sense for microsoft to shut out sony and shut out the playstation and and put it only on xbox and pc there were not going to be enough people that would come over and come into their ecosystem Compared to the number of people, the number, the amount of money they would lose from not putting it on PlayStation. So that to me is building off of what you said, Taylor, is really kind of the, the ultimate um, funny just punchline <laughs> of this for me. And Ryan, to accentuate your point, they showed
3: that mathematically with Call of Duty. Yeah. And they also shared data about how Minecraft sells 10 times more on other platforms that are not Xbox. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. we didn't do it with Minecraft. It doesn't make any sense there. Right. It also doesn't make sense. Like, here's how much money we're throwing in the garbage if we do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, probably so. PC and mobile, I would suspect, is most of that on Minecraft versus with Call of Duty. It's There's going to be a much heavier percentage of it that's PlayStation. But you're right. It's it's yeah. it's still making the same point that it would be idiotic of Microsoft to uh, to throw <laughs> PlayStation sales of Call of Duty completely in the garbage. Um there were plenty of reactions around the internet. Uh, let me read you Phil Spencer's statement here real quick. He, he tweeted a, a short thread, a statement saying, "'We're grateful to the court "'for swiftly deciding in our favor. "'The evidence showed the Activision Blizzard deal "'is good for the industry, "'and the FTC's claims about console switching, "'multi-game subscription services, and cloud "'don't reflect the realities of the gaming market.'" Since we first announced this deal, our commitment to bring more games to more people on more devices has only grown. We've signed multiple agreements to make Activision Blizzard's games, Xbox first-party games, and Game Pass all available to more players than they are today. And finally, he adds, We know that players around the world have been watching this case closely, and I'm proud of our efforts to expand player access and choice throughout this journey. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been very vocal on this podcast about wanting this damn thing to end one way or the other. And Destin, I know it's not. Um, give us the quick, the, the sort of, there's two pieces. We'll talk through both of them. Destin, real quick, give us the, the first piece on, we're not even done with the FTC.
3: Okay. Well, they might appeal. Is that the piece that you want me to go into? And, well,
0: and, and the formal <laughs> trial. Those are the two, yeah.
3: Well... Next steps would be that the FTC could potentially appeal the ruling that would have to happen before Friday and then pulling back even further from there. uh, The CMA is at least at the table with Microsoft now discussing something, but there's a little bit more to dive into with that aspect of the case.
0: Yeah, so I've got it here. The CMA told IGN in a statement, we stand ready to consider any proposals from Microsoft to restructure the transaction in a way that would address the concerns set out in our final report. In order to be able to prioritize work on these proposals, Microsoft and Activision have agreed with the CMA that a stay of litigation in the UK would be in the public interest and all parties have made a joint submission to the Competition Appeal uh, Tribunal to this effect. In other words, the CMA sees that its position, by virtue of the FTC uh, not winning this injunction, the CMA's position is now certainly weakened uh, though clearly the CMA is not ready to hang up the, you know, h- hang up its, uh, its sword quite yet. Yeah, they actually, there's an update
3: to that story because yes. a lot of people thought they caved. And I just want to clarify that uh, there's a very important line at the end of their statement. While both parties have requested a pause in Microsoft's appeal to allow these discussions to take place, the CMA decision set out in its final report still stands. So there's still a lot that those two have to go through before anything happens in the UK.
0: So Taylor, where do we, what are the uh, sort of couple of different paths left in the UK at this point, right? There's, there's, because uh, this has all got to happen pretty soon, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it does have to happen pretty soon. And I remember before they even paused on the legal feud, they were supposed to go for their appeal trial like later this month, if I believe. But I do yeah. know that when I saw that statement this morning, that the CMA had, or the CMA sent that they were, you know, basically kind of warning that, you know, with a, The renegotiations it could just lead to a whole new investigation. Now I know that when the CMA had rejected the initial proposal to buy for them to buy Activision Blizzard, they cited cloud the cloud gaming market as like the issue, saying that it would be a monopolization of it. I still think that's kind of weird, just given the fact that they made all these deals with all these companies, especially like GeForce now. But and I so I thought it was interesting that they said that, if only because I feel like. I feel like their cloud gaming argument was already weak, but the fact yeah. that they had said this was even more interesting. It felt like to me that they were trying to find a, I, I suppose, a smoking gun in the situation. That's why I was really intrigued when they had sent out that statement after the verdict came out saying, you know what, let's pause our battling and like let's go back to the table and talk about this. Now, they could just go forward with the appeal. I do know that there was that hearing. I don't know if they're gonna reschedule that or whatever. I guess that just depends on like what happens with this the renegotiations. But if they're still on this hill about cloud gaming, I just, I think it's going to be the same case that how it went with the FTC. And I want to touch on the FTC just really quickly Please. because I know that Bloomberg reported today that they, that the FTC was likely to appeal, but I could also well, see them not can appealing. I, can
3: I, sorry, Taylor. So I actually yeah. read that story. It's literally one analyst In that story who says they're leaning towards appeal. And then another Mm -hmm. analyst right below that in that article Mm -hmm. says they would have a very tough case if they went for an appeal. So that's probably not in the cards. So that Bloomberg headline is sort Mm of, I don't know. I don't know how true that is because Reuters also (laughs) reported that that's just not going to happen. Like, the mm-hmm. FTC has a huge uphill battle. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Yeah.
1: No, 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 yeah. I wasn't... No, 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 yeah. I was agree. No, no, that's fine. I was... Yeah. And I was about to actually follow up on that where I was saying that I, I seriously doubt that they are going to appeal this. I, I mean, just reading the verdict, I feel like already kind of just answers their question of, like, this just seems like a fruitless witch hunt. But on top of that, I was thinking about how earlier this year they went after Meta for a very similar thing where Meta was trying to acquire this, like, fitness VR company called Within. And the FTC lost that case. There was rumors that they might appeal it. They decided not to appeal it. Meta ended up acquiring that company, so I just feel like I personally would not be surprised if the FTC just decided to just throw this out the window. I mean, I feel like everything that Judge Corley had mentioned in her verdict, I think it doesn't. There's not a really whole lot more that they can do with what that is. I mean, again, we don't know what the FTC is going to do. Uh, I know they got to make a decision soon, but I would not be surprised if they just decided to give this up because I just don't think they have really a strong argument to make anymore at this point.
3: There's a quote from 2015 about when the FDC does decide to, you know continue pursuing something like this. And it reads as follows. FTC has modified its rules of practice to address what happens to administrative proceedings challenging mergers after the agency tries but fails to obtain a preliminary injunction in U.S. District Court. Under the revised rule 3.26, when FTC seeks a preliminary injunction in the courts and loses, the administrative litigation now will be automatically stayed if requested by the merging parties in the administrative proceeding. This stay will allow the FTC to decide on a case-by-case basis whether it would be in the public interest to continue pursuing the administrative litigation. In other words, a win by the merging parties in district court now effectively halts an administrative challenge to a merger. This has not been the case since 2009 when the rules last were changed. And that was from uh, Jones Day Insights back in 2015. And I, as far as I know, this is done. Like, it would be a unique situation if they were to continue pursuing the case given the circumstances
0: and as we've noted how weak their case seems to have been that would, would mm-hmm. seem like uh, uh, quite the uphill battle uh, for them to just continue to burn our our taxpayer resources by the way yeah, to mm-hmm. uh, continue to pursue this which uh, that's, another, that's another piece <laughs> that we haven't even really touched on um <laughs> Microsoft's vice chair and president, Brad Smith, saying we're grateful to the court in San Francisco for this quick and thorough decision and hope other jurisdictions will continue working towards a timely resolution. As we've demonstrated consistently throughout this process, we are committed to working creatively and collaboratively to address regulatory concerns. Uh, Activision stock popped on the news. I haven't checked Microsoft. Up nine points. Um, Microsoft was down. Okay. Interesting. Uh, maybe because... I think
1: they're... it might be because of the layoffs. They, they oh, did yeah. have yeah. layoffs recently, yeah. so...
0: Yeah. Uh, sadly, the same day, yesterday, uh, that this came in. Um, so that was another piece of it. And, of course, the <laughs> the other sort of reaction is... Oh, Microsoft's up today, so... What we've been seeing... The other reaction being what we've been seeing out there from you guys in the community. Uh, a lot of Xbox fans very happy because... <laughs> A, because this is over. This is pretty much, pretty much over. Over. And, and B, uh, Des- damn it, Destin, don't don't do this. <laughs> don't you put that evil on me, Destin? Um, what am I going to talk about when the case is over? Oh what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> How about talk so about cookies? Here's yeah. an idea: video games. How about those? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, there's plenty more of those coming out this year. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the Xbox community was uh, was celebrating the Sony fanboys were reeling. It's you know, if if you if you kind of wade out into the into the deep fanboy waters, it got it got pretty hilarious out there. Um well,
3: <laughs> I, I think one of the more compelling, for lack of a better term, conversation that we've seen is about Judge Corley's son, a disclosure that was made at the beginning of the trial on day one. Her son works for Microsoft. So a lot of people are now saying that the FTC should have the case thrown out, et cetera, et cetera. However, that was disclosed on day one of the trial. If the FTC yeah. had an issue with it and wanted Judge right. Corley to recuse herself, they could have made that request at that time. They did not. Separately, they requested Judge Corley's I was. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I was about to mention that too, Microsoft yeah. wanted DC, the FTC wanted San Francisco. They got San Francisco, they, which is Judge Corley, so they got what they wanted.
0: In, in other words, Destin, <laughs> what you're saying, to, to just kind of translate a little bit, is the FTC wanted the case here because they thought they would have a better, case, better chance of, of their uh, injunction being granted here Correct. versus thought- if the case had been heard in Washington, D.C.?
3: Correct. And there was, I believe it had something to do with the, the so-called gamers lawsuit that's also taking place in San Francisco that Judge Cordley is also presiding over, which currently I believe is at a standstill. It's not like gone. It's still happening. Yeah. But yeah, so the FTC thought they had a better chance here in, or there in SF and it didn't pan out. Their case is just weak. That's the problem. So the conflict of interest notwithstanding, the FTC could have done something about it. They didn't. So now to go back because they lost, I just don't think that helps them anyway, you know?
0: All right. So let's talk now because we've got, yeah, we've got some time. What now? That is, that is where I want to pivot this conversation to. Um, now I should stipulate here that these are just going to be our, this is our educated speculation uh, no one knows kind of exactly what either company is going to do next. But uh, what we do know is that Call of Duty will remain a multi-platform game. Diablo 4, big Blizzard game, already out as a multi-platform game. So is Overwatch. But uh, let's start here because this is, you know, I want to talk about video games with this. And there is now, I am really pumped about the, the possibilities of, for new video games to come out of this. So, there, I think there is a strong chance that future Activision Blizzard games outside of these mega franchises, because as we all know, that's basically what Activision's been all about with few exceptions over, over the last, you know, 10 plus years. They make mega franchise games. If it's not going to make them an eight-figure amount of money, they don't bother making it. Like, they don't make sort of little smaller hits. You know, they were in the the toys-to-life business with Skylanders for five minutes until it stopped being, <laughs> like, a, a, a mega, you know, mega successful thing. They they cut the cord real quick on that. You know, we got a Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remake that was excellent. Didn't make enough money. Tony Hawk's gone again. So my point is, uh, this, is a, this is a publisher that is made its entire business on the back of these mega-franchise kind of games. But there is the possibility now, there is the potential now for new games that aren't necessarily in that category uh, to, that, can, that can be good for Game Pass, can be good for just the, the sort of uh, creative diversity of, of Activision Blizzard to get made. Uh, and I think those games anything new that might come out of this moving forward, those might end up being Xbox exclusives. Taylor, do you agree or disagree with that?
1: Yeah, no, I would, I, I think that's fair to agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there was new IPs that were being made and Xbox decided, you know what, we're gonna make these console exclusives. I mean, they can't really say that's anti-competitive. It's a new IP. It's not like, you know, it's not like they're saying the the next Call of Duty is just gonna only be on Xbox and things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do go that route like they did after they purchased all those Bethesda properties. But, you know, in terms of these like bigger, you know, kind of like too big to fail kind of IPs like Call of Duty, you know, I could still see those being multi-platform if only because of that whole mindset of like, oh, this is too big to fail. This, this is like our next big hit. But I mean, it, it'll, we won't know, only time will tell. But I can't remember, uh, Destin, you might be able to uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the the deadline for the merger was uh, July 18th. I don't know if they pushed that or- it's
3: Tuesday, next Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which I believe is the 18th. I think you're correct.
0: Yep. Yeah. That is all accurate. So Destin, uh,
3: are,
1: are you with me on well, that?
3: Well, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I am. Mike Ibarra is also. Mike Ibarra, if you're not aware, he is the president of Blizzard Entertainment, and he tweeted the following 15 hours ago. We have so much coming from such talented teams. Some people told me years ago Blizzard was a sleeping giant. To them I say the sleeping giant is awake and in full force. Players are the center of everything we do and always will be. We are just getting started.
0: Well, we know they have a survival game in the works. That's the one big Blizzard thing. That, well, I mean, uh, doesn't
3: that get you a little bit hyped? That got me kind of <laughs> hyped about them like revisiting their Dormant IPs, and it comes right after the trial. Clearly, there's an energy with, with people at Microsoft, people at Activision Blizzard that's, that's coming to life. I, I see it. I don't know if you do. Maybe I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> well, you are crazy, but you're the kind that's of fine. crazy I like. So it's all good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think, I think we could start to see, we could still get plenty of Xbox exclusives out of this, um, out, you know, with some new stuff that's going to happen. And let's, this is, this is going to be my favorite part. There's a lot more to talk about, but this is what I want to zero in on for a few minutes. Here are some of the games in the Activision Blizzard vault that could potentially be resurrected. And I'm going to start with one of my favorite developers Forever, I mean, I've loved these guys. It has personally made me sad inside uh, of what their fate has been. Uh, now, granted, they've they've been very successful doing what they've been doing, and I'm talking about Raven Software. So they were acquired oh, yeah. by Activision 20 plus years ago. They were bought a long, long time ago by Activision, and they uh, made their made their name on Heretic, which was the first Doom engine game. It's Summed up as medieval doom is the kind of quick medieval fantasy doom. They made a sequel to that called Hexen, which kind of kind of leaned a little hev- more heavily into the magic aspect. It had a few three different character classes. Uh, one of my heretic and Hexen, I adore those games, and I am th- very thrilled that our super producer read. Has has B roll of this going on right now? This What's is, this? One? This is heretic right here. This cool. Is, this is heretic. Yeah, the crossbow, which was you know, it, each each weapon kind of was just like an analog to a Doom weapon. So that that was like the shotgun, basically. But it's different. Um, That's cool. It's... It, I, <laughs> I love this game. I don't know yeah. if it would, like, Doom, the original Doom for me holds up. I, I haven't played Heretic in long enough to see if it still holds up. I think it probably would. Uh, it had Bungie's
3: great... redoing mar- Marathon. Let's get our, our Heretic going <laughs> well, on.
0: Okay, yeah, he- hold that thought for a second. <laughs> so you got he- Heretic and Hexen from Raven. Raven also made Soldier of Fortune, which was an outstanding first person shooter in the late 90s, I believe. And that was also so. Raven's whole thing—they were really tight with ID Software. They would always be the first studio outside of ID to use the latest ID Software game engine. So, uh, they, Soldier of Fortune was a was a, a you know military first-person shooter, and that that game's whole thing was it was the first game where you could you could have like really precise location-based damage. So you could like you could you could shoot somebody in the in the foot and they would like kind of stumble or shoot him in the arm you, and then with that game you know you had the whole point of the game was guns I mean it's Soldier of Fortune is a gun magazine that was that was what it was licensed that's the name Soldier of Fortune and you, you could blow off limbs in that game and so that that uh you know of course got that that raised the hackles of a lot of congress people back in the day so there's Soldier of Fortune in their catalog there's Rebranded. it. Looks great. S- Singularity uh, is is was their last. I think it was their last original game. And what I remember about it is again another good. Uh, so it's a, a time time travel time bending first person shooter. The
3: TMD the time manipulation device was it, the weapon of choice. Yeah, I reviewed that game way back in before IGN.
0: And what I remember <laughs> is Activision buried it. They did not. They basically had no marketing for that game, even though it was good. For whatever reason, they chose to just not spend any money marketing it, and it, I don't think it did that well. Um, but the point is, I mean, Raven's done a lot. I mean, they did uh, an amazing Star Trek game, Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, another first-person shooter. Yes, they did a Star Trek first-person shooter, and it was really good. They did Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, which up until uh, Respawn has come around with, with uh, the, the Star Wars Jedi games, Jedi Knight Two would be the one I would hold up as the best, the best Star Wars action game that had ever been made. So Raven just has an incredibly decorated history.
3: Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not letting you not mention X Men Origins Wolverine, oh, right. my favorite Raven oh, game yes. ever, with a Wolverine that could basically go M-rated. down to a skeleton and then heal. It was it was yeah. a very very fun game, oh, very uh, violent. Very violent, yeah. and I I just love that they went for it with that one. It was a really really cool piece of tech. I will throw time. in
0: let's throw in X Men Legends as well. Uh, they right, did a, yeah. they did a great job on that sort of a you know action RPG kind of yeah Diablo light game. Um you. Yeah. I, I got to double check. My, I'm I'm going off of memory, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that one. X Men Legends was. Oh yeah, Raven. Okay, good. My, my brain still works to some degree. You're getting,
3: you're getting me <laughs> hyped because I'm starting to think of some of the other properties that Activision Blizzard owns. So, yeah.
0: So some cool uh, stuff. So anyway, so starting just starting, Raven alone, <laughs> I feel like, you know, that and, yeah. and what I mean by Raven's fate over the last decade is they have been a Call of Duty support studio. They are like the 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 man behind the curtain of, you know. Uh, they they're the, they've been the right-hand developer to Treyarch Infinity Ward or Sledgehammer now the the closest they've gotten to being able to make their own game in the last 10 years was they did the they they owned and did the single player campaign for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War which I reviewed and it was good it was good uh, not quite my favorite in the in the sort of the recent years but they did a good job on it but I just am excited about the possibility that Raven could be set loose to make some original games again. Whether it is a new Hexen, and I'm starting right there because of Phil Spencer's t-shirt. Remember back to his shirt that he wore at the end <laughs> of the know. showcase where we were all like, wait, what? He had a, We know what you're doing. He had a Hexen box art t-shirt on at the end of the Xbox showcase. So Hexen could be revived, uh, again, using... Once this goes through, they can use id. They could use an id engine again. They can use id tech because they, you know, id got bought by Bethesda, but now it's all under one Microsoft roof. So I I know a lot of the old school developers, a lot of the uh, longtime talent is still there at Raven. So you've got the strong possibility of Phil Spencer bringing that Hexen t shirt to life. Let's get a Hexen reboot going. Let's get that going. But there's a lot of other things also in the catalog. Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, hey, Prototype, okay. Interstate 76, <laughs> Tony Hawk, which I mentioned a minute ago, Guitar Hero. Yeah. Uh, I'd, hey, if, if Microsoft mm-hmm. wants to put some money into that and make, no instru- make it, make the instruments again and turn it into just, it should just be a free to play thing where you download the base software and a, and a initial pack, small pack of songs for free. And then you just buy whatever songs you want. That's what it should be. Um, I, I think Epic should Epic, who now owns Harmonix, should do the exact same thing with with Rock Band. And then of course Star Starcraft and Warcraft on the Blizzard side. There's some yeah. deeper cuts like Blackthorn and Lost Vikings on the Blizzard side too. But there Warcraft are, on Game Pass is my hope.
3: That's, like, I think that would the, be The huge. strategy
0: game or World of, World of Warcraft? World
3: of Warcraft, but even the old Warcrafts, everything. Yeah. Like, everything <laughs> has the potential to come to Game Pass someday now. Like, mm-hmm. once the deal is closed, right? Right. So mm-hmm. Diablo 5 or even Diablo 4 could be part of Game Pass, and then they, maybe they monetize the seasons or something. We don't know what the longer-term strategy is going to be. Um, But the idea that... If you pay for Game Pass, you get your Warcraft subscription and all the other games on Game Pass. That sounds awesome.
0: It does. It absolutely <laughs> does. Um, so, Taylor, what, what new games, maybe from something I just mentioned from the, from the vault or something new entirely, you know, give me, give me a game, give me a studio, give me, give me something that you'd like to see come out of this.
1: I'd like a few different things. Uh, first off, I would like another Geometry Wars game. I believe Activision does own Geometry Wars. They do. Wars. Yeah. Yes, uh, good call. Peak 360 game game that you got to own in the library. It, like, absolutely. Like, it's, like, if someone's like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a 360 collection. What's some of the games I should get? Geometry Wars. Uh but yeah Guitar Hero would be great. And yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. They should just make it like free to play and then just, you know, release son- song packs uh, similar to like what uh Beat Saber does. I know Beat Saber's not a free to play game, but they do have frequent updates where they're doing, you know, song packs from like artists and things like that. Uh so I thought that I think that's probably the best way for that type of like rhythm game model especially if you're using, like, licensed uh, songs. Uh, if I had to think of, like, what games I'd really like to see. Well, first off, I would love a remake of Call of Duty World at War. I think that is one of the best Call of Duty Deep games. cut. My, that is my opinion. I think it's one of the best World War II games. I think it's it's great. Uh, if I had to just say something really crazy that I just really want because this game has just really been on my mind lately, I would love to see Toys for Bob do a remake of Blink's The Time Sweeper.
0: Whoa, I like that. I like where you're coming from on that. That is that is good stuff right there. Um, yeah, Toys for Bob, talented developer, blinks. That is, that is a serious Xbox deep cut. This week's podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked, without the E, that's n-o-r-d-v-p-n dot com slash u-n-l-o-c-k-d, And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E.
2: Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Now, I have to imagine with Crash Bandicoot and Spyro also in the catalog that... Th- those are probably going to get made yeah. before Blink's the Time Sweeper does. Yeah. But I still love where your head is at with this.
1: I could dream. I Absolutely. Could dream.
0: Absolutely. You can and you should and you will. Because wh- why else are we, are we doing this? This whole life <laughs> thing if we're not here to dream. Uh, Destin. A game? Scra- a studio? Give me, give me
3: what you'd like to see here. All right, I I'm, I'm sort of scrambling to go through their list of games that are owned. So I'm I'm yeah, Tenchu. I was going to say Tenchu. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So they, apparently they own the Tenchu legacy game. So I think that would be a really interesting franchise to revisit. Uh what else we got in here? Some of the ones that you've already mentioned in the show were really good. They own stuff like Blur. I think Blur, the racing game where you sort of uh had more modern vehicles but with powers and abilities that that game was a lot of fun i actually got to go to europe to do a preview for that back when they did crazy stuff that like was that. uh
0: that was bizarre creations the makers of yeah. project gotham racing made that yes game before the, yeah, before the so studio went under unfortunately it
3: was really good it was it was a really really fun racing game and there was there was one more on here that uh jumped out at me well i mean I copied Lost Vikings because it sounded familiar to me. That was like a beat-em-up. I don't know how you would modernize that, but I'm going to say something a little silly that's not going to be super popular. I would like the original Call of Duty to be remade and modernized. I I think that would be sort of a nice addition to their portfolio. We can still play Call of Duty 2 on the 360. Call of Duty 1, though, it's one of those harder-to-play games that could really benefit from a remake.
0: Yeah, that one... Predates consoles. That was a PC game. Uh, that mm. was where it all got started. And oh, true crime. Oh, tr- <laughs> true. Sorry. crime was never good, yeah. though. That's the problem uh. with true crime. <laughs> hey. There were two of them, and neither one of them were that good. I still, I will still never forget. <laughs> in the first no. Trek. Why was Trek? Trek.
2: <laughs>
0: in the first true crime, there's this one part where I. It's either a dream sequence or like a drug haze thing, but (laughs) you fight a dragon and I'm like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) I'm playing this like open world. Like there, remember the whole thing with that was it accurately mapped, uh, New York and LA. I forget which for which one was first and which one was second but and then all of a sudden you're like down in a cave fighting a dragon i'm like what this makes no sense for this game what is going on <laughs> but but yes if microsoft did want to want to do uh you know get into the triple a you know crime sandbox game business they do have true crime on the table that could that could be uh revived rebooted so i'll allow it destin all right <laughs> <laughs> So the point is, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the catalog. There are, Now, I read, when, I, when I say, like, let Raven loose to, to make some video games, somebody would have to take their place in supporting uh, Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer to make Call of Duty every single year because I just sh- speak up if either of you disagree, but I can't imagine that Microsoft is going to... Uh, stop putting Call of Duty out every year. It's going to remain an annual franchise because money. Uh, That's just... (laughs) Why would you suddenly, you know, cut it back to like once every other year, make it a a biannual franchise? So uh, somebody would have to fill in for Raven, but, you know, you've got a bunch of studios from Bethesda. You've got your own internal, like you could build up a new team. Like you could fill that gap. If, if you feel like the potential of Raven to go make something new and exciting and good and profitable is, you know, is, is, is there. So I, I do recognize that you can't just pull Raven or anybody else off of the call of duty support work they've been doing, but that can be solved for. So we'll see what happens on on that front. Now, uh, the the last piece of this that uh, we're starting to run out of time on. Yeah, uh, you know we'll keep going. We'll just go. We'll go longer <laughs> today because we've got plenty to talk about. So, all right. Because this is an important piece, I don't want to rush this next part. We've addressed this before, but uh, something I feel like is maybe being uh, lost in the initial excitement of 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 this court ruling. Uh, in favor of Microsoft, is that this is a huge win for the employees of Activision Blizzard. We've talked a lot on this podcast before about the systemic toxicity in the workplace culture uh, that is so bad. uh, I mean, one employee, I I don't say this lightly in any way, uh, there was a female employee who who is no longer with us because of, because of that toxicity in the workplace culture. There is uh, the state of California, don't forget, sued Activision Blizzard over this, over this, this uh, workplace culture situation. And we've talked a lot uh, as we've been just waiting for this case to go and go and finally get done. And now that we're seemingly at the finish line here, uh, it is crucial that, that Microsoft now follow through not just for the tens of thousands of Activision Blizzard employees to make changes from the very top on down. You have to, you have to rewrite the culture, and that starts at the top. Uh, but, you know, the entire industry will be watching this to see whether or not Microsoft... Does it? Makes, makes this culture change. It won't happen overnight. It's going to take a long time. But Taylor, I want to go to you first here. Um, it, it's got to start with, with Bobby Kotick going away, does it not?
1: Yeah, I, I would imagine if, you know, once this deal closes through, that he's given a golden parachute or something. But I feel like there has to be an overhaul with management at the top that's leading. This specific branch, and I'm sure Phil Spencer is, you know, it, you know, I'm sure he will be dedicated to trying to restructure and ensure that the workplace culture does change. And again, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not; it probably won't even happen in a year. If it does, I'd be really impressed. But you know, leadership is where they need to overhaul that. That needs a, a complete restructure. They need to revamp that. They need to, you know, really do some hard vetting, figure out what are the gaps, really listen to the employees and t- when they're saying these grievances, and try to fix the problem. And, you know, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of hard choices that they're going to have to make. But if they are dedicated to making a better workplace environment post-acquisition, they're going to have to make those tough choices. They're going to have to make those tough decisions.
0: Destin, uh, we already know this was laid out initially when the, when the deal was first announced over a year ago that the whole of Activision Blizzard King would report up to Phil Spencer. So he has the power to make these changes? What, what do you think, uh, where do you, where do you start if you're Phil Spencer?
3: Well, I think personally, Bobby Kotick is the person that everybody loves to hate, right? So everything sort of falls at his feet in terms of all of these issues that have arisen. Activision has at least publicly been saying that they're working to address those concerns internally already pre-merger. I don't know if Bobby Kodak ends up going at the end of the day, though. Sure, it's what everybody externally says that they want, and a lot of people internally say that they want, but business-wise, is that the decision that they're going to make? That remains to be seen. I don't know the answer to that question. That's the, that's the thing that Phil Spencer is going to have to figure out, right? Maybe Kotick really wants to stay. Maybe he does want to go. I think we'll just have to wait and see how that ends up playing out at the end of the day. However, there are other internal policies in place currently that are very detrimental to workplace culture, such as the incentivization for managers to either terminate or reduce pay for their employees, which was revealed recently with, I believe it was a a Warcraft lead who basically said, my team's doing great. I'm not going to do this. So there's a lot of stuff in place internally that is just archaic and unnecessary that needs to change from the top to bottom. If you go onto Glassdoor and you look at Microsoft as a place to work, it's incredibly positive positively reviewed. So granted, they are having these layoffs right now. But when you look at workplace culture at Activision versus workplace culture at Microsoft, Microsoft is lauded thousands of reviews and praise for everything that they're able to do with the company uh, across the board, right? Activision obviously is not. So implementing some of those things that make Microsoft such a great place, quote unquote, great place to work, Versus Activision, which is very toxic and problematic, would be the thing that... Sh- so to answer your question, Ryan, succinctly, Bill Spencer needs to focus on the people at the company and what is going to be the best for them in terms of workplace culture. That's what I think he focuses on. And maybe that doesn't mean Kodak gets the boot immediately, but maybe they start setting that up for five years down the line. Well, I, I uh,
0: yeah, I appreciate your measured approach to that. Uh, however, and and yes, Kodak ultimately bears responsibility. And but here's the thing. There's there's been plenty of uh, less than favorable reports that have connected Bobby Kodak to a lot of this stuff. So he is absolute, I don't like Kodak. No, I, I, want to I be understand very clear. I understand. I know you're not defending I'm thinking him. I of it, you,
3: yeah, I'm, I'm th- thinking of it from a business yeah. strategy perspective. Do you fire the guy that literally made a money printing machine.
0: Right. I completely hear what you're saying. Can you? Yes. And you have to, you have to, Uh, because he is not the only person on the planet that's capable of running Activision Blizzard. He's been connected to some of the, the uh, workplace toxicity incidents. There've been plenty of reports. I mean, this isn't even just (laughs) super recently uh, this, because this stuff's still going on and it's all under his watch where if you guys remember, I mean, Destin, you just mentioned Mikey Barra. You were reading his tweet. Uh, he, he's the president of Blizzard, but uh, in their attempt to like, not like, in, in their attempt to diversify their executive suite and add more women and people of color uh, and be more representative at the very top of the company. they <laughs> The, that one of those co-president they named two people co-presidents of Blizzard, Mike Ibarra and Jennifer O'Neill, and she left, she resigned shortly thereafter because it, it came to light that they paid her less than Ibara for the same job. So this stuff is still going on, and it it absolutely it has you have to you have to cut the head off of the off of the snake on this. And I, you know, I'm not trying to make this personal like about Kodak, but from a, you know, just as you're, were, you're, were, you know, you're, you're not, you're also not making it personal. You're talking about business, but for the, for the health and well being uh, of that entire company and then those tens of thousands of people, you have to start with Kodak. Now, is he going to get a golden parachute? Almost certainly. Is it going to be disgustingly unfair to all of us that he gets to... He gets to to float away out of the plane, golden parachute with, with like suitcases of money. Yeah, it's, it, that is, that's, how it's, that's how it is. I mean, it's, you know, Donald Sterling, the racist owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, who was made to sell the team but walked away with $2 billion when former Microsoft executive Steve Ballmer bought the team so you know the not uh, not everything can be completely just but i just think I, if, if you're phil spencer and i'll go I'll, I'll turn the floor back over to here in a second destin if you're phil spencer the entire industry is watching the tens of thousands of employees that you just acquired that are now that you are now responsible for are watching you've you've got to start at the top and you've got to you've got to make that very uh No doubt, again, to your point, difficult change from a just raw business dollars and cents perspective, but you've got to do it. Yeah. uh, It depends on what the
3: contract says. If Kodak wants to stay, that's in the contract. So it's not an option, right? So it's not about what we want. It's about what they've agreed to term-wise. And if Kodak has baked into the agreement that he gets to stay at least on the board for a decade, then that's part of the agreement, right? But if he wants out, maybe he wants out. But like, this all started around the time the controversy started, so maybe he's just like, you know what, I'm done. I want, I want out of this. So maybe that's part of the agreement, also. I, we're just not going to know. So regardless of what we would like to see, it comes down to what are the terms of the agreement, what. Are they actually able to do? Because maybe that messaging is, you know, Bobby Kotick will be moving to board of directors, and so like he just continues to get paid, but he has no involvement with the company, and how they spin that for public PR reasons, you know. I'm very. This is one aspect that is very important to be considering, absolutely, and I truly believe that the employees will end up with a better work environment. But the Bobby Kotick question is one that's. That I'm unsure of, because I don't know what he's baked into the agreement. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know what that looks like. And to say that Phil Spencer is going to come in and clean house, he can mostly, but potentially not with certain people. The bungee contract, for example, those people are getting a huge payout if they stay for five, 10 years. Yeah. And, and there's actually a lot of these, these deals want to retain people of course. because you, you might lose that magic sauce if you fire too many. Right. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's, it's a very, it's a question I I have no insight into because we don't know what's going on in terms of the business contract.
0: Yeah. No, I, I it's, it's a good, it's a fair point on, on your part to that. We, we just don't know what, uh, because clearly that, that had to be addressed in the, in the acquisition offer when Microsoft made it, it mm-hmm. you know, that, that the entire division would report up to Phil and there has, there had to be something in there of, okay, you know, does Kodak stick around? Does he, can they buy him out? You know what? We just don't know that. And I guess we won't know till it happens. And I also want to make clear codec's not the only problem, not the only sort of guilty oh, yeah. party. It's yeah. that's why I'm talking it, but it is, it does have to be, you know, it's not just one person. And well, we fixed it. We're all set. We got a new CEO. We're we're fine now. Everybody's yeah. going to be great. That's uh, it's going to take a lot more than that. Um, their
3: their whole internal infrastructure has structural problems. Yes. So it's bigger than just Bobby. Yes. Is is what I want to highlight. Like what what would I personally want to do? I would probably want to fire Bobby Kodak, Like given the reports about what he said and everything like that, but. That's not the business world. That's not the reality of the business world and how you can do things with these contracts. Right. So I don't know how Microsoft like litigates that.
0: Well, Taylor, the, the good news is in terms of if, if you're an Activision Blizzard employee today, uh, you're, you're a, you're a developer working on, you know, working on one of their projects. You've, you've got to, I would think, feel at least optimistic because, as Destin alluded to with, you know, the glass door stuff, which is, which is one, uh, yep. one sort of way to measure uh, and sort of take, take the temperature of, of the company culture. But you look, Microsoft, would you agree, has, they have been not just talking the talk, but also walking the walk in terms of creating healthy, diverse workplace cultures for their teams, not just on the gaming side, but, but across the entire company. Would you agree with that? Yep.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, I think uh, with the recent verdict, I think Activision Blizzard employees, I would think, again, I can't speak for them, I don't work there, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were, you know, happy about this. I think if anything, I feel that, you know, them being bought out by Microsoft, this would help, you know, kind of restructure and make this the, you know, the best place to work. I mean, if, you know, what Destin was saying that there's a lot of reviews about people saying that Microsoft is a whole company, is, you know, is one of the best places to work. So, you know, being bought out by a company that already has that kind of workplace culture, you can imagine they'll do some type of, you know, implement some type of changes that'll make it better for companies that they are, that, you know, that are recently acquired.
0: All right. There's one more mini topic on this. And that is, is Microsoft done making acquisitions? Because, you know, it's, no. it's not every day you, you spend $69 <laughs> billion. Uh, but, you know, the question is, if we now take a sort of 10,000-foot view of the Xbox Game Studios portfolio, which includes Bethesda, which will include Activision, Blizzard, and King, we learned in this trial how, how much the mobile piece of it is, is really appealing to Microsoft, not just, not just the sort of core gaming side. Are they done? Destiny, you've already chimed in saying no. Uh, please, please elaborate. What do you think uh, we, we might have see them do next? We have a whole
3: presentation. I could bring it up if I could find <laughs> it, but we have a whole presentation about like 50 companies that they're looking at acquiring. Companies like IO Interactive, makers of the Hitman franchise, uh, they were actually looking at Bungie before Sony ended up making that purchase. There are talks about Sega. There's talks about Square Enix, that deal that fell through. And now we see Final Fantasy 16, a game being lauded that's exclusive to the PlayStation platform. Xbox was getting hammered by Sony, so they opened their wallet. Their options were open our wallet or die and they started buying. So no, they're not done. I don't think Sony's done either. I think we're in acquisition season for like the next five years, and then the industry is going to reset, and we start to get newcomers come into the space. So no, I don't think anybody's done buying.
0: I want to come back to your, your Sony piece of it. I know we're on an Xbox podcast, but I do think that's, <laughs> that's worth discussion. But Taylor, I want to go to you here. Is Microsoft done? What might they do next if you don't think they're done? You
1: know... I know that, that that Sega said they were not going to get bought out anytime soon, but I would like to see that, honestly, just only because I just want Jet Set Radio Future to come back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it'd be interesting. I mean, like Destin said, there was, like, that whole little shortlist they had of like studios they were looking to acquire it would be interesting to see them acquire io interactive but will they i don't know i but you know the last several years microsoft has really been on a buying like a buying spree and you know i just feel like it's right now at this current state it feels somewhat of a diminished return so eventually i would like to start seeing a return on the investment from all these studios they've already started acquiring because right now it just seems a little It felt like a mixed bag personally to me. I mean, Psychonauts 2 was great, and that's probably the only game that I've really liked that Microsoft has, you know, kind of obtained post-acquisition when they, you know, bought Double Fine, but I would hope that in the next, like, couple years, I I know Starfield's coming out soon, I'm really excited for that, but I I just feel like at some point, when are they gonna stop buying and start really focusing on actually making stuff that they bought in the first place, because it's one thing to buy all this stuff and then just let it sit in the basement and rot forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, well said. I mean, it's uh, that's been the source of Xbox gamers' frustration for the last year plus of like, all right, you bought all this stuff. We've been watching you make announcements since twenty eighteen of of all these big acquisitions. And where is it? Where is everything? And and yeah, you're right. Starfield. I mean, yeah, you know, Redfall was Redfall. We're not going to relitigate that. <sighs> but yeah, it's uh, Starfield is is where it should start to literally and figuratively pay off. For Xbox gamers, forget about for Microsoft. For us, um, I guess it won't. It'll literally pay off for Microsoft. It would figuratively pay off for us as players. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that sentiment is is well stated. Well well said. Uh, so Destin, as promised, I want to circle back to you. You mentioned Sony. Yeah, I mean they 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 probably can't sit still after this, right? I mean it. They, they've just had. You know, th- this is a blow to Sony. You know, they'll still have Call of Duty. They'll still have these Blizzard games, the bigger stuff. But, you know, they're they're going to lose their whole big, you know, content marketing deal with, with Activision uh, for Call of Duty. It's, you know, they're, we're not going to necessarily see Call of Duty advertised as effectively a PlayStation game anymore. So th- they've probably got a, a move or two that they're, going to be looking at after this?
3: Yeah. uh, I think Square Enix is going to be the big topic that a lot of people are going to be going to over the next few days or a few months. Uh, More immediate, though, I do think that they need to make a decision about signing this deal or not signing this deal. Because
0: You're referring to the the 10-year deal on the table for Call of Duty that, that Microsoft has said, hey, here you go, just sign it.
3: Yeah, and the contract is on the table. At the end of the day, it's going to be on PlayStation or Sony, Jim Ryan specifically. Yeah. If he decides not to sign it, it's going to be on him if PlayStation loses Call of Duty. He'll spin it and make it look like Xbox uh, is is the one doing that. But if the contract is favorable enough for everyone else but Sony then Sony's being greedy. It's on them for losing that franchise. So we could actually end up in a situation where no, Sony doesn't get Call of Duty anymore because they can't come to an agreement on this contract. So the most immediate thing in my mind is once this deal is done, they get to the table and they get their pen out and they start signing the agreement so that they can lock it up for their gamers from a business perspective. But he's trying to do this leverage thing. So they get Indiana Jones and they get Starfield and it's it's not going to happen. They played hardball. they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, and now they gotta you know, pay Microsoft if they want to continue having access to these franchises. They're just like, no, you lost Bethesda. That's basically what Phil's response was to Jim, so yeah,
0: Taylor, there's no way that Jim ryan is is that bad at his job that he would he would uh out of hubris lose the entire. Call of Duty franchise on his <laughs> platform, right there. He they would the, they he'd be fired. The board would get would justifiably get rid of him in that scenario. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we <laughs> saw in that we saw in that poorly redacted document about how big Call of Duty was to PlayStation. So if they do not, you know, if this deal goes through, which it, it the 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 road seems like it is going to happen, or as Ryan's shirt says, it's going to sell.
0: <laughs> well, this but... is uh, this is. <laughs> the a's need to stay in oakland f john fisher there that's my it's my quick baseball uh tangent here sell the team sell the team to somebody that'll keep them in oakland and build the ballpark go away john fisher anyway thank you for bringing that up let me crowbar that in there
1: you were welcome i i wanted to i was trying to find the perfect way to bring that shirt and i was like i was like wow i'm, I'm finally gonna just like inject this in <laughs> but you know i it, and we saw that poorly redacted uh sharpie document that you know saw how many it, well i can't even remember the numbers but it was. Uh, you know, Jim Ryan claiming that half of the people are something crazy like that, that have a PS5, that all they play is Call of Duty. That, like, come on now, you, you don't want to, if, you know, if the deal goes through, but you don't want to sign a deal and play nice with Xbox, like, you're gonna have a lot of angry people on PlayStation, and a lot of those people will jump shit because it's like, why? Not because Xbox wanted to gatekeep Call of Duty, it's because y'all didn't want to sign a deal, so.
0: Yeah, and, and to be clear, I know, you know, Destin, you're laying out something that could, certainly it is possible but there's just no reality in which (laughs) into which call of duty leaves playstation entirely it's just jim jim ryan may not want to sign the 10-year terms that microsoft has laid out which seem to be fairly friendly terms based on nintendo signed it and a few streaming platforms signed it but um, yeah, it, it's it wouldn't be great for Microsoft either, as we were talking about at the top. Like Microsoft, it is in their business interest for Call of Duty to continue coming out on uh, on PlayStation. So some way or somehow, yeah, it's 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 not going to just disappear from PlayStation Five. But uh...
1: yeah, but, I mean, the only thing <laughs> that they would really be losing with the deal is like, oh, well playstation users sorry you ain't getting that uh that exclusive one week of or weekend or whatever for the beta that they've right. been the doing DLC, in the
0: dlc like, that month. kind of stuff yeah, yeah exactly yeah. i, fo- so I it's found like... that m list that's what i was looking
1: for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know so i feel like they are gonna go down and you know they'll make a deal eventually but you know i i think with i mean I, it's quite obvious that whatever current deal that they have with call of duty like they're not going to get those same terms it would be absurd yeah. to get those at least in the in the context of like the exclusive content or the timed exclusive content would probably be the right choice of words here um i'll
0: i'll just finish with my quick take on on are they done or not and i i don't i agree with you both i don't think microsoft's done i think there will be more of this i also think sony will will be making more acquisitions too i mean they both well sony specifically has said as much but um for me, I, I always like to come back to something that Phil Spencer himself said was, it may have even been when we were interviewing him at one point here, where he talked about kind of the, the shopping list of, of genres, right? Like, what if, we, we did a whole show recently about how Xbox has the, the AAA Western RPG on, on lock. They are good to go on those. They've got so many great ones uh it's it's almost laughable how many incredible triple a br- uh, western role playing games that that are coming to Xbox they've got shooters they've got you know they've got a lot of stuff but the one gap that i think still even after the activision blizzard acquisition the one sort of really notable gap are Japanese developed games of of all genres and I and I and I call that out specifically because you know we've we've all been playing games our whole lives. We've seen like Japanese game developers there is just it is they they make games in their own unique way that is different than how than how most western developers make them. I mean we get you know we've gotten there's so much incredible creativity and talent in in the Japanese game development industry and Microsoft has exactly one Japanese game developer out of out, out of all of this, again, even including Activision Blizzard King and its Tango Gameworks. And no with zero disrespect to that team whatsoever, Shinji Mikami just left. So they're, you know, it's not that it's not that, that makes that studio any lesser, but it just that there's still that that whole sort of uh area of expertise and talent that is lacking in the Xbox portfolio. So that's where I would I would be keeping an eye on Sega. I can't imagine, like they've already got a great, Microsoft and Sega have a long, long, long time great relationship going, I mean, going back to the Dreamcast, because if you guys remember the Dreamcast ran on Windows CE. Yes. So, uh, you know, and then it continued the original Xbox. There were so many awesome exclusives. Taylor mentioned Jet Set Radio. Panzer Dragoon Orta, Shenmue Two, uh, there was a ton of great exclusive Sega stuff that came to the original Xbox, and that that relationship has continued. So yeah, I I think Microsoft is gonna is gonna keep working on Sega, and and that could that could be a, a something that eventually. Becomes an acquisition situation. But because uh, that that does seem like the most natural avenue to acquire a, a, a really talented group of, of Japanese game developers. So we shall see. Uh, but I am very happy that we, Microsoft got their win and that this thing is probably just about over. Hopefully we can officially rubber stamp it by the time we do our Twitter Spaces show next week because that July 18th well, deadline will have passed. Yeah. All right. Real quick, let's do let's quiz you both in in Unlock Block trivia. Um, Stella's on some well deserved time off after uh, being part of so many big productions here at IGN uh, in recent weeks, including that that Idea at Xbox showcase that mm-hmm. uh, that Destin was was uh, also worked on. So I, I feel bad that Stella won't be here to isn't here today to to get a crack at the trivia, but. You two get a chance. And, and there's, the scoreboard's wide open. I think, didn't we say, Destin, you're up two points, I believe? Let me double check my year. notes. Yeah, you're up two I'm points. Add another
3: trophy to my shelf
0: back there. <laughs> we shall see. I mean, we're in July. There's still plenty of 2023 left to go. BK writes in and asks, what late night host and sidekick were an Easter egg in Halo 4? Was it Jimmy Fallon and Higgins? Was it Jay Leno and Kevin Eubanks? Was it Conan O'Brien and Andy Richter or Jimmy Kimmel and Guillermo? This was, uh, this was kind of a deep cut Easter egg. I do remember this. Um, I would have gotten this one right. But yeah, this, is, this was not like a super obvious thing in the game. So I will go to Taylor first. See if you know this one.
1: I am, I am 100% positive. I'm pretty sure it was A, Jimmy Fallon.
0: Okay. All right. We'll go to Destin now. It was
3: Conan and Andy, and they were in a door. And if you hit the door, they had this like long dialogue sequence. And I'm a huge Conan O'Brien fan, that's why I know this one.
0: And you are correct, my friend. Yes, well done. Yeah, oh. yeah it was. they yeah. they voiced a couple of Marines that you could just go eavesdrop on uh, if you hung around <laughs> long yeah. enough. So, Destin, great
1: I work you go on play that. that again. Yeah, I, I'm just <laughs> I a huge Conan that. fan. I knew because he <laughs>
3: talked about it on the show. They did a whole segment about it, and yeah.
1: Uh, real quick, I, I know this is, like, irrelevant to anything we're talking about, but I just realized how funny this joke hits, like, a couple years after the fact, so if, remember the Clueless Gamer segment that yes. Conan used to do, and he did one on Fallout 4, and he was all dressed up like he was a vault dweller, and I thought it was funny that when he had the, um, he had the whole uniform on, he's like, why am I wearing Microsoft's version of the Apple Watch, and I was like, that joke just hits <laughs> so much funnier now that they own this <laughs> stuff. I just <laughs>
0: That's good. I like that. (laughs) Uh, All right. If anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it in and I might read yours on an upcoming episode. I can always use more good trivia questions. Yeah. Thank you, BK. So if you'd like to submit one, please send me an email. The address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include, of course, the question for multiple choice answers and note the correct answer in your email. You can optionally include your gamer tag if you'd like me to read that on the air as well so you can potentially make an, a few new uh, Xbox Live friends. So I will look forward to your submissions and we will play again. Yeah, we'll still play again next week on Twitter Spaces. Why not? Uh, with that, we have come to the end of Unlocked 603. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. So that's... Uh, that's where the Twitter spaces will be happening next week. Again, I'll, I'll uh, be tweeting about that to give you, you don't have to just make a set of reminder on your phone now if you don't necessarily want to. But uh, I think that's pretty much it from me. Taylor, any, uh, anything you'd like to promote that you're working on on IGN or outside of IGN?
1: Uh, well, I'm working on a feature right now. It's, uh, it's on the back burner just because there's just a lot of news going on. This is, it's event season, but, uh, I'm working on something that I, am really excited about. Um, uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Nixter, and also on like pretty much everything else, including that new little Twitter clone called Threads that nobody seems to really be using, but that's whatever.
3: <laughs> Destin? Yeah. You know where to find me on Twitter at Destin you you want some cookies? You want to celebrate yeah. the, 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 the legal thing happening? LigariBakery.com. You can see my YouTube stuff over at the Destin channel or at Destin period. It's the new thing that you can do. Uh, yeah, and uh, thanks for watching ID at Xbox if you did. That was really fun to work on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and I want to thank our super producer, Red for making this happen uh, from a technical side, getting all that awesome game footage up as soon as we're talking about a game. Boom, there it is (laughs) on screen for you. So thanks to all of you for watching and for listening. Again, join us on Twitter Spaces next week, and then we'll get back to the normal in-studio, regular thing after that. But uh, yeah, Twitter Spaces next week. Why not? It'll be fun. Come hang out. We'll see you then.